0: and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm the host of this show and also CEO of Founder Magazine. I'm coming to you live from hometown, homegrown Melbourne, Australia. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your earbuds with me. If you are new to this podcast, we interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation and just really break down the lessons that they've learned, the actionable items that you can take away, and all of their experiences to really help you build a company as that as large as what they've built or living the kind of lifestyle that you want to live. So. Let's talk about today's guest. His name's Aiken Tank, and he's the founder of a company called Jotform. Now, Aiken uh, built this company called Jotform, and they have over 3.7 million users. uh, And their company is very, very interesting because, you know, most of the time when you think about building a business and, you know, rapid growth, it requires a lot of risk taking, but you know, Aiken's actually not all about risk taking. He's actually and fast growth. He's actually all about slow growth and long-term success. So, you know, if you are worried or you're a risk adverse founder, you're gonna absolutely love this interview. It's extremely refreshing. I really like the way that Aiken has approached uh, you know, building his company to the success that it is. And, you know, these guys are absolutely killing it. They are a very, very big leader in their field. And Aiken actually is a big fan of the show. Um, He told me offline, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of cool that, um, like, you know, founders at the caliber of of Aiken and listen to the podcast and kind of can learn too. So, you know, you can never stop learning, guys. Anyways, if you are enjoying these episodes, just please leave us a review. It could, like, absolutely change the game for us. The more reviews we get for this podcast, whether it's on Apple, iTunes, uh, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, it just helps us get found. Um, And, you know, we produce so many of these episodes and we work really, really hard to get some of the greatest founders in the world. Like, I don't say this out of arrogance or cockiness, like – I can confidently say that like, you know, we do really like the team does an amazing job just getting these exceptional founders and a lot of them, you will probably know their brand. You might not know them or you would know them and we've just got so many tremendous guests. So like it could help us big time and that's all I ask. Anyways, that's enough for Hemling from me. Now let's jump into the show. The first question that I ask everyone that comes on is how did you get your job?
1: Oh, that's a great question. It took me seven years to get this job. And my, my current job is founder and CEO of JotForm, uh, an online form builder. And um, it took me seven years because I didn't have the courage to start my own business. But, but I still had this belief that one day I would start it. Let's start from the beginning. Um, when I was in college, and this is, this is 1999, 1998. Uh, actually, I was part of the student organization, and I was making their website. and And one part of the website was about uh, this, you know, membership and profile in, within the website. And I thought, okay, this is I created something really good. Why don't I, I put up this this product as an as a free product, as an open source product online? And that's what I did. I did that. And people actually started using the product. People love the product. And um, it wasn't just from, it was something else, but uh, it was my first product. And uh, after a while, people actually started sending me checks uh, so that I can do customizations for them and I can help them. And um, I thought, okay, this might actually be, you know, I might, uh, why don't I just um, create a paid version of this product? And I'm still in the college. I'm still a student, but, you know, I have so much free time. So why don't I create a paid version and see if I can sell it? And that's what I did uh, during my senior winter break. I actually uh, slept during the day and uh, worked on the, the, the paid, the premium version of my uh, product. And um, I, it, it took me like three weeks and I completed the paid version. I released it and people started buying it. But again, even though I had some sales, I had no confidence. Like I, I, I didn't think that I could be an entrepreneur. I could, be, I could start my business. So I still continue to look for a job. And I, I graduated and I found a job and I started working for this online media company in uh, New York City. And um, I just started working as a developer because I was actually a computer science student. And um, I worked there for five years. But during those five years, I would actually wake up in the morning, like 6 a.m. And I would actually, you know, I would have these questions, pre-sales questions or customer support questions from my own customers. I would answer those questions for like two, three hours or like, you know, work on my product, improve the SEO of my site, improve the marketing of my website. And, um, and then I, at 9 a.m., I would go to work. And then I would work eight hours, and I come back to the to to home, and then I would continue working on my product. And even if even though I did that for like five years, I still you know never like it took me a very long time. Like I'm not a big risk taker. It took me a long time, but during but it was a great journey because I always believed that one day I will actually start my business and I will become an entrepreneur. And I started reading everything I can find, like. I started reading the blogs and st- I started reading all the books I can find like my favorite blogs were like Joel Spolsky had a blog about uh, how he st- how he he was starting his business at that time and how his experience and what he was learning also Paul Graham was blogging at that time he, oh, Paul he didn't established yeah. the yeah uh, Y Combinator yet but he was actually a blogger at that time he he didn't have the Y Combinator yet And I would read everything I can find about uh, uh, entrepreneurship. And like 2005, I thought, okay, now I'm ready. I have this great idea. My side business is actually earning more than my full-time salary, so there is no risk for me. Like I can, even if my, even if the new product I'm going to work on, which actually turned out to be uh, Jotform. Even if it doesn't turn out uh, successful, I already have this uh, business that uh, that earns more than my full-time salary, so I have no risk. So that's what I did. I quit my job, and I had the same routine. I would wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning, and I would answer my customers for the existing products that I had. But here's the thing: even though uh, they were earning some money, they weren't. They had. They didn't have the growth curve. So. That's why I thought you know I need to create something bigger, but I would work work on those uh, existing customers, and then instead of going to the office, instead of going to my full time job, I would actually um, work on my new product, and that's what I did for like more than six months. I worked on Jotform, and in February two thousand six, I released the f- first version of Jotform, and I guess. Yeah, it took me seven years to uh, create this uh, job for myself. uh, uh, It was a good answer about how I I got my job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) amazing, man. See, you know, a lot of people's common misconception is you need to leave your day job and just go all in and burn all the boats. And that's actually how I started Founder, like same as you. Just started on the side, bootstrapped um, until I could, you know, pay myself a small salary, like you know, ramen, ramen salary, and then basically just just left my job, go full time, and I realized, you know, um, as time went on, I was actually losing money, not working in, you know, uh, on the startup versus actually, you know, working on on the side in a day job, and um, what I'm really curious around is. You guys are based in San Fran now, but um, like you have an accent. Where are you from?
1: I'm from Turkey. And we actually um, are headquarters in San Francisco, but we also have offices in Turkey uh, as well. So basically right now our companies, we have like 100 employees. Uh, We have three offices in uh, two continents. And uh, yeah, from like, you know, the first year it was, all me and uh, in Turkey and in um actually I was in New York City ah, when I first started yep, form yeah But then when I decide, okay, I'm gonna grow this business again. I had this, okay, how can I grow this business? It's just so expensive. Like when I if I need to hire someone here, it's so expensive, and you know people actually work remotely. You know they hire developers from like Eastern Europe uh, or India. I thought you know, I don't want to do that, but what I can do is I can go back to Turkey and uh, the, and and then I can actually open my office there so that, you know, uh, I can actually hire people. It's much more chilly. And here's the thing, even today, like it's just in San Francisco, like you're competing with companies like Facebook, uh, Google, uh, you know, uh, Amazon is not in San Francisco, but, you know, all these companies and, it's so hard to like as a small company. It's just so harder to find like a Great really talent. good talent. Yeah. But uh, company uh, countries like Turkey, it's just uh, you, now you are like this world class business and people actually like you can actually hire the best uh, best developers in the country because you you are just uh, world class and and we do everything you know uh, similar to you know how Facebook works. It's just so similar uh, and it's just we are. Uh, so ahead of the businesses existing business in, in Turkey. So actually, we can actually get the best talent, and um, I think it's a great approach uh, to have um, this kind of um, developing countries or like countries which doesn't have that huge amount of startups. Uh, you have uh, you can actually reach talent that it's not possible for you when you are in US.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have heard though it is difficult if you are not a developer. Though, like you come from a development background, it might be difficult. So let's say, let's say at Founder we want like we're a, we're a media company and we produce uh, like entrepreneurial content, but also educational courses. And let's say we wanted to launch a SaaS product, right? I think uh, uh, we don't have any developers in our team. We have a, we have a front end dev, but not a back end dev. We know have no CTO. Like, if I wanted to go out and kind of start developing that SaaS product, like, how, how like, I think it would be, personally, I would be intimidated by the process of looking and hiring overseas. Like, uh, like uh, we have plenty of people remotely that work at Founder, but they're not developers. But, yeah, how do you ensure, like, really good quality and, and stuff like that if you're not, a, you come from a non-technical background?
1: I think, I think this is, this question, actually, you know, I have seen this question uh, many times. Um, I mentor some startups uh sometimes and some of them are not technical founders. And my biggest advice is if, if you are not a developer, even if you are not developers, sit side by side, like sit full eight hours together with that developer, and then you so that you can actually uh work through, like solve the problems. Basically, you would be like a co-pilot for that developer, but Uh, I think it's important because you have the vision and you have the experience and that developer has the technical skills, but you cannot just leave, you you cannot just write a spec and just give that spec to that person and expect them to do a good job. You have to be inside that development. Even though you don't write the code, you you should be together with that person and work with that person day in, day out. And for example, the, the way I work with designers, even though I was a developer, Because I I I really care about the design of the product and you know usability of the product, user experience. That's exactly what I did with the designers. Even even though I wasn't a designer, I would work like even you know I wouldn't watch them work, but I would be so close to them. Like we would talk throughout the day, and that's actually one of the greatest things about bootstrapping. Because the first year it's not only me. Like the second year, I hired my first developer we were only two people so we would actually spend whole day together we would go to lunch together we would talk all day long and that person like my first employee uh was learning everything from my everything i know he was learning from me and we were just exchanging these ideas and and then the next year i actually hired another person so the uh we had three employees uh two employees and then the next year three employees and um so we just because we had such a slow growth, it allowed me to actually uh, work together with, the, with those people to actually uh, put my vision into product and uh, make sure that uh, we are doing something uh, uh, that we are proud of. Another question is how to find a good developer, because you you are not coming from the development background. It's, it might be really hard. Uh, okay. Once you hire that person, you work all day together and you develop the uh, your ideas. But how do you find that right person? Uh, again, this is a question um, that uh, some of the people I mentor uh, have. Uh, that's why I know that it's a really important question. On that point, I my advice is don't try to hire it yourself because it's so hard. It's just even even for me, like even like I hired hundreds of uh, developers. It's just, I sometimes interview. sometimes I thought, I think like this person is such a great developer. And then I asked that person, like we always ask them to write code. Like, you know, we give them, uh, we, we give them the tools to, they, they, they can actually, we give them a laptop and they can, we give them a small, small tasks so that they can actually write code. And once they write code, we can see that how good they are and. Usually uh, at that point, like even if that person is a really great salesperson, that you know, you think that uh, that person will turn out such a great developer, it doesn't turn out that way always. So my advice is like find a friend, or like even you can even hire someone. Like find a really good developer and make sure that you know when you interview the developer, that person is with, with you, and make sure that that person actually asked the the candidate uh, to write some code and review that code. Otherwise, it's just, it's so hard to find. Like, it's not like design. With design, you can give them a sample task and output would really impress you. And then you say, okay, this is great. But with code, it's really hard to judge if you are not a developer yourself. So I would definitely recommend, like, Hire a consultant or find a friend who will help you, you know, you can do other things for that friend, uh, for them. And then they will help you interview the candidates. And, uh, uh, if you do that, uh, you'll find a good developer. And once you have the, that first good developer, everything else is much easier because the next time you need to hire a developer, you can always, you know, that person can help you interview them. And, um, once you hire eight players, you, 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 you can continue to hire eight players as they say, uh, just make sure that your first hire is really good.
0: Mm. So you're saying if you if you don't if you're a non technical founder you should hire a developer locally, not internationally.
1: Yeah, I mean for your first developer. I mean we hire we have remote developers as well, but um, but when getting uh, started when, when you're actually the core product is really important. Like your core product, and in JotForm, our core product is created by local developers, like people who. Who sit together uh, in the office together, and they discuss ideas and come up with solutions together. And but for other for for uh, other things like you know, Jotform has like hundreds of integrations with other products. So we have widgets that you can actually use between your product, between uh, your forms, and those kind of like uh, things that can be uh, accomplished remotely. We actually have a remote team. They, they help us with that, but the core product, we make sure that uh, they are done by um, our teams. And we have this approach that uh, instead of everyone working on different things, we have teams, we have cross-functional teams, which include like usually like four to five people include a designers, UI developer, um, JavaScript developer, you know, backend developer, and whatever else they need, like they need a data scientist for the project they're working on. And this cross-functional team can actually, they're, they work independently. They work like uh, their own small business, their own startup. So they can actually make decisions quickly and execute those decisions. And they don't need any resources from outside because if they need design help, they have a designer in, their, in the office. And they sit together in an office that has, like, a you know whiteboard that has a door that can close, which allows them to be really work as a team, really work like a, a small company. And um, they and our core core product is created by these product uh, teams. We have we currently have like five product teams like that, and uh, they all work independently. Uh, together, they sit together and uh, come up with solutions and improve our core product.
0: Ah, I see. So, I but I thought Jotform's just a form builder or you have other things as
1: well? Jotform is a is actually, you know, the form builder is it seems like just um form builder is like a small thing, but actually uh, once you have like so many users like we have um 3.7 million users right now. Wow. We host 12 million forms on Jotform. And once you have so many users, it's actually uh, the requirements also change. And forms, the forms business is kind of similar. It's just so uh, horizontal. It's not vertical. It's kind of like you know Excel or email or um, or Word uh, or Microsoft Word. Uh, everybody uses. If if you work in an office, you probably need forms. You might not know that you need forms, but forms would probably improve your uh, productivity if you use them and uh and um for us uh so because of that we worked on the product uh, like our priority is to always improve the product that's why we have such a big uh product we have like 70 at least 70 people who actually work on uh, improving our product like developing our product it's not only developers like it includes like data scientists or um you know designers and uh like product managers but um because uh, we we want to make sure that you know people are really happy with the product with JotForm, that we are always improving ourselves. How we accomplish that? Um, we usually have these yearly strategic uh, plans. And um, so, for example, two years ago, our our strategic plan was to improve our form builder. So we actually. Remade our form builder, completely re- redone our form builder, uh, wow. both design and how it works and everything. How long that and, take? Um, it took actually like one and a half years. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, last year we decided, okay, we are. what if we reinvented forms? How, what would it take to reinvent forms? Um, so we worked for a year to actually come up with this uh, new design for forms. We called it job form cards. And our users loved it. It's like one of the most popular features in Jotform right now. And uh, so we we came up with this uh, new form design that that kind of like a one question per page, like questions look like card. It's much larger. So we came up with this innovative way to uh, fill forms. And the what's great about it about Jotform cards is it just increases the conver- conversion rates, increase the it's, they are very friendly. Uh, it allows users to fill their forms easily and uh, improve your conversion rates when people fill your forms. And this year, we are actually we ha- are we are actually working on improving the productivity of our users. And wow. When we inter- we actually done like um like about more than fifty uh, interviews with our customers. And during those interviews, we found out that. People actually use JotForm for productivity. JotForm improves the productivity of the users because sometimes they can accomplish their task without using forms. But once they use forms, it just they can save so much time. For example, let me give you this example. Uh, One company that uh, one product manager that uses JotForm from like a security company that we interviewed and. And he was actually spending so much time, like co- trying to communicate with salespeople. And what he was doing was he would actually, salespeople would get all these custom requirements from, uh, from the, from the customers, and then they would send it to this product manager, and the product manager would come up with uh, answers or prices, the cost estimates, stuff like that. And they would spend so much time and they had all these different kind of products, and products actually has this, had this dependency to each other. So once he actually started using forms for the salespeople, so uh, instead of salespeople sending him emails, they would fill the forms. But what's gra- great about this is uh JATFOM has all these you know validation like uh conditional la- logic, um different kind of features that allows someone to actually make sure the the, the data you re- receive is valid uh, so that you, you save time instead of spending so much time communication, with, with communication. So he started doing these condition logics like if you select this product, you have to also select this product. Even in his form, he would actually do some of the estimates. And uh, so he would receive everything he needs in this form exactly as he needs. And he would save so much time and that he would... Go back to the uh, salesperson with the estimates, with additional like if they miss something, he would tell them. It saves him so much time and uh, so much uh, he- headache. So once we saw this after interviewing so many customers, we decided, okay, we decided okay, just people use Joplin as a productivity tool, but we are not improving the productivity. We are just giving them the data. We we are not helping them become more productive. So. We learned so much from these interviews. How can we this year? How can we improve uh, our features so that people can actually use form more productively and they can save more time? And uh, so, so once once I decide on the strategy and ask it to our uh, product product teams, and we now have five product teams, and um, we we, dec- we decide on like what kind of project we sh- projects we should have. Like one of the projects we have is called PDF Designers. So people actually can create these custom PDFs from the, the data they collect from their forms. And they can completely customize these PDFs. Like they can put their logo, they can have multiple columns, stuff like that. And so one of the teams are currently working on that, working on that PDF Designers feature. So it looks like, you know, we are only doing like forms, but once we get into the forms, you see that we are what we are dealing with is productivity. We are dealing with data and productivity of uh, of our users, and we want to make sure that they're happy. Our customers are happy, and uh, that's why we are you know we are so much uh, product oriented today.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's just amazing like how you can take. Like uh, It seems like such a simple product, but like you said, you guys are taking it in so many different directions to keep uh, disrupting the marketplace and staying on the cutting edge. So it sounds like you guys are quite good with customer development, hey?
1: Yeah. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, during this 12-year journey, like Jafon is a 12-year journey for me. And that is uh, just, you know, listening to customers is really important. And you cannot just listen to your customers by looking at the support questions. You have to be, you have to take charge kind of like you have to actually go to the customers and find out what we do is like we have this uh, user research team. They will actually go to, you know, they will actually visit customers in their offices sometimes. Sometimes they will talk on Skype or phone, but sometimes they will go to their offices and then they will see how these users um, use the product and they will interview them for hours. And then they will actually come back and they will usually create these books every time, like they, once they complete like 10 interviews with customers, they will create these books uh, for our product teams. And they will, once a month, the user research team uh, meets with like every product team. They will spend a whole day. Uh, discussing what they learned during those interviews. And they will give these books to every, uh, you know, employee who, who who are working on the product. And they will, you know, open the books and they, they will look at the first case study and then um, look at, you know, one page of the case study is just, uh, you know, describing the person of, describing the exact person we've interviewed. And what does that person do? And how does you know how does he spend day, his day or her day? And um, then the next the next page is about all these flowcharts about how they use ChatForm, like you know how they create their forms, how they use their data, you know, and they try to find out exactly what people do. Step, by, even if they they do stuff outside of ChatForm, for example, they will just download their data as an Excel file, and then they will do something else they find out what else they do, if they need to create a PDF, for example, uh, from the same example, if they are creating this PDF document or Word document, then the user research team and product teams, when they discuss, they come up with this idea, why don't we create a PDF designer so that, you know, instead of spending so much time doing, the, doing it themselves for every every new form submission they receive, they could actually... Use the PDF designers. Once they design design the PDF designers, every date every time they receive a form submission, we can actually send that PDF file as an email every time uh, right away. Like as soon as the form submission is received, we can send them a PDF file by email, and uh, then they can use that. You know, usually they will just send that PDF file to other people in their company. So all these details you cannot learn them from customer support questions because. Uh, in customer support, people will not actually tell, that, tell you that. They will tell you, you know, ideas like, you know, can you make it so I can eat more easily? Download the Excel or you know, improve the Excel file. But they will not tell you that what else they do outside of your product. And the only way you learn this by doing in- interviews with customers, doing usability tests with, like, watching your customers use the, use your product. And we also do lots of um, uh, usability uh, tests uh, with our users. We also do surveys, but the, the interviews are really big for us. Like they really, that's like, um, that's the most effective way to improve your product. Uh, the best way to find out how people use your product is by talking to them. And it's very obvious, but we haven't done it for many, many years. And we learned the list. Once we started interviewing them, we saw okay, we should have done this before. Like, you know, now our product is improving so much because of the all the learning we have from those interviews. Mm. Yeah,
0: interesting. So um, one thing I always find interesting is I agree, you need to be doing surveys flat out. I think customer development is very, very key. We're very, very big proponents of it here at Founder as well. But one thing that people always say is, and this is like, you know, what Steve Jobs says, you know, like people, people don't always know what they want. Um, So, you know, like what they say, like horse and cart, people would have said that, you know, they want, want it faster or, you know, but they come up with the car, you know, so what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if, if you were like, let's say you were actually has, you know, doing horse and carts and you had, you had a business about with horses and then, You had a customer support forum, (laughs) it doesn't make sense, but if you had that, you know, people would actually write stuff like, you know, I need need my horses to go faster. And if you only listen to that, you know, you wouldn't come up with the idea to, you know, build a car. But if you actually interview them and find out what they do, and you could find out, like, they need to go from one place to another really, really fast. And once you see that, it doesn't matter if they use horses you you then figure out a way for them to go from one place to another instead of just uh, improving the horses. Uh, so that's, that's exactly why uh, it, interviews makes a – customer development makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. So um, I'm curious, are you guys uh, still bootstrapped or uh, did you raise capital that's why you're in San Fran or –
1: um, no, uh, we are still bootstrapped, and um, and I mean we are we are profitable. Uh, we don't actually need to raise funds. Uh, we are already a successful business. Uh, we have over 100, 100 employees, and I, I actually prefer growing slowly. Um, so uh, I, I don't actually look for any you know additional funding, and you know I receive lots of emails from you know different companies who are actually asking about those, you know, would you take money, you know, stuff like that. And, um, I, I don't, uh, consider that at all. Um, I think one of the reasons is because I prefer growing slowly, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, like I am, I'm a risk, I'm not a big risk taker. I don't want to take huge risks. And, um, I, I prefer growing slowly, you know, because it takes time to grow. It takes time. It takes very long time, uh, to learn things, but you're actually learning those things. And uh, for example, in the beginning, uh, it was only me. And then I hired my first employee. I spent the first year together. We spent the first year together all day long. And then, you know, this slow growth actually allowed me to create this great culture uh, inside my business and uh, and be able to actually shape the way we work. And let's say, you know, instead of bootstrapping, I had like $10 million or something. And then I hired 100 employees. It will be a complete cost. The other thing is, when I started my business, I had no management experience. I had no... Um, I, I was a web developer for five years. And because... Uh, I, I gained all that experience by learning, by making lots of mistakes. But because we were small, my our mistakes didn't cost us big. And uh, if, I, if I had $10 million, if I hired, like, you know, 100 employees from the first day you know i wouldn't even know how to manage those people i wouldn't know you know what to do right and i wouldn't even know like you know even today like if i have to hire 100 people you know and just in one day i wouldn't know what to do because it's just uh it's 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 a terrible way to grow your business and it's just uh there's no way you can create a culture because you cannot create a culture by writing a document. You cannot write, you know, you cannot open Google docs and write, here's our culture. Culture is created day by day. Like what you do in your business, how you develop your product, how you talk to each other within your company, how your teams are uh, working together. You know, what is your priorities? What is your, what do you care about most? all those things actually turn into a culture and it takes very long time to create that culture. And, uh, and if you had to grow really fast, you would actually lose that culture. And, um, and most of the time, like lots of like all these people, companies who receive VC funding. They actually turn the company quickly. Uh, so their goal is not usually like to create this, you know, uh, this 20-year or 50-year company. Their goal is to, you know, sell the company quickly, and uh, I, you know that could be a, that could be a goal for many people. But it, even if you know, it took me like seven years to have the courage to start my business. So I don't have that kind of mindset. Uh, I prefer, you know, having a long-term mindset, and I actually enjoy it. It's it's a journey, and I enjoy working with... you know, we are a hundred-person company, and I know everyone. I am very friend. I am friend with every employee. Like I s you know, I will go to lunch with every employee. You know, when when we hire someone, I will go to lunch with uh with them and um, I will have this friendship with every employee and just I like this uh having this uh warm culture.
0: Yeah, amazing man. And yeah, I I uh I, I really like um the way you think about building things. I'm curious uh do you uh still do you do in employee stock options though or or do you have an intent of selling maybe one day or uh
1: no uh we don't actually have options or in th- anything like that. Uh and yeah, that's because we don't have any intent to sell the company. And um because of that we don't you know we don't offer any options and um but we you know, our salaries are we wherever we are we try to have a salary that's higher than the, um, the, the environment. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we have a great work environment and that's why people actually stay with us for a very long time. You know, uh, people don't leave, uh, and stay with us for many, many years.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then like, uh, do you, you find like maybe do profit share or something like
1: that? Right. Um, we will sometimes have bonuses and, uh, here's the thing we have a different approach i don't think i have seen it in another company if you have a great like news like we have something big happens and uh we will actually have we will have a bonus you know you know additional one uh one month salary for everyone uh something like that and uh we did that last twice last year yeah wow and uh the, the first one was Here's the thing, we have these yearly sales, and our growth team was able to actually triple our, uh, we have a sale every once a year, like, you know, in December, end of year sale, and they made a change in our sales, and they tripled our sales for that month. And then I said, you know, I I sent an email to everyone, okay, um, we had such a, you know, uh, thank growth team for what they accomplished, you know, we have a bonus this month. And uh, uh, we do things like that. You know, if you have a good news, we have a bonus uh, that, that kind of, that also, you, and I will actually give the credit for that bonus to the team that actually accomplished that goal. I don't want teams to actually compete with each other. I want them to be friendly with each other. So instead of, you know, trying to be the winning team, once someone, a team wins, actually everyone uh, enjoys the reward. So uh, it, it's an interesting approach. I don't think I've seen it anywhere else, but uh, we started doing that and uh, we, uh, it, you know, it actually uh, works really well for our business.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing, h So So, um, look, we work towards wrapping up because I'm mindful of your time, but uh, look, you've shared a lot around developers, hiring, growth, culture, Um so uh is there any kind of like what what's two last questions what's the next challenge like what's 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 the hard stuff that's happening at jotform because you are quite risk adverse so i'm going to assume that you would have like decent cash flow reserves and you know you you're really mitigating risk however you can what's the challenge right now what's the hard part that that's you know what's the struggles that you guys are going through and then where's the and then the last question is where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work?
1: Yeah, Uh even during the first first years, I would have this approach that you know I wouldn't hire a new employee if I don't have the salary salary for that employee for a year. So I I continue doing that like even today I do that. So we ha- you know. Um, that's why we grow slowly. But, you know, I, I never had to, like, you know, tell someone, okay, I hired you, but I have to lay you off. We never had a layoff. We never had to do something like that. So, and b- because I had that, that risk averse approach, uh, and we, we still continue to do that, as you said. Um, for, the, for Jotform, we are always product focused, and we continue to be product focused. My approach is this. Are we better than yesterday? Like every day, are we better than yesterday? Are we doing things to make sure that we are better than yesterday? That's why we have these year strategies, as, as I mentioned, and and we continue to learn from our customers by interviewing them, by listening to them, and use these learnings to improve our products every day. And I, I love Steve Jobs. And one of the things he said was, like, my biggest, uh, my biggest uh, success is not the product that you know is not MacBook Pro or you know iPhone or anything like that. It's the company Apple. And I have the same approach. Like uh, we are we are not only developing a a good product, we are also actually building this company. And we are making sure that every day not we are not only improving our product every day, we are also improving the way we work so that we can actually work better. For example, one of the things we do is hack weeks. Uh, Last year, we did eight hack weeks. All of our product teams, uh, they spend like, you know, they spend a week. It's kind of like a hackathon, but it takes a week. And during those hack hack weeks, they will actually develop a prototype. And sometimes these hack weeks are completely uh, free. Like they can just do whatever they want. And sometimes we have a focus. We have a topic that we want them to work on. And, you know, four or five product teams, at the end of that week, uh, when we have the demo day on Friday, they show what they accomplished and they show it to the whole company. And they, they, uh, they demo the prototype to everyone. And our best ideas, our most innovative ideas, actually came from the Hack Week. And we continue to do those. things. And to give you an example to how we always improve the way we work, After after we developed Hack Week and they became really successful, this year we actually made another change. Okay, we said it's really hard for designers to be ready in the beginning of the Hack Week and then, and uh, so that they can work with the developers, why don't we have a design week uh, before the Hack Week? So now we every time we have a Hack Week, we will actually have a design week, and during the design week, only the designers they will actually uh, work on it. uh, the idea, the user experience, the design of the uh, product that's going to be uh, created during the hack week, uh, so that during the hack week they don't actually they can actually improve their idea. And uh, so now, when we have a hack week, we have a design. So this is this is this is an example to how we try to innovate every in every way possible. How we try to always work faster. Like how can we work faster? How can we create the product better? For example. One of the things we recently did was uh, uh, we started working with this uh, crowd bug testing platform. Uh, and what they do is like, this is a product and they're from Germany. And uh, what they will do is like, you give them like, okay, here's the link. And they have all these people, like, you know, some of them are from Russia, from different countries. And they will just try to find bug on the on the product you sent on the demo or whatever. Uh, product you send, and they will just they will they will come back with you know within a day they will come up with hundred hundred different bugs, and from hundred different people. So it's it's called crowd uh, crowd bug finding, yes, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's just uh, I think the idea is that always improve yourself, continuous improvement. and one of my biggest like uh, idols. Is Eric Rice and his lean startup approach, and and uh, I read every blog post he wrote like probably like three times, and uh, I applied everything I learned from his blog uh, to my company, and um, and uh, our biggest improvements came from adopting this agile, uh, this lean approach to our business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. We, we're, we're really big on, um, lean start methodology too. It's, it's where it's at this customer development centric focus. Awesome. So man, it's been incredible chain with you. You've shared so much, been so open with everyone. Um, so where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and job form.
1: I have a Twitter account. Uh, I will share, you know, I will sometimes write, uh, tweets and I will, I will share the, uh, blog post that I write. So it's uh, at I Take in tank is my Twitter account. I am um, also on uh, Medium. I write a lot. I write like, you know, three posts a week. And uh, on Medium, I have all these blog posts that really I, I share every experience, like my experiences I learned uh, in these 12 years. And uh, Jotform, obviously, Jotform is, is at uh, www.jotform.com. Uh, um, and, um, I think, uh, you know, just try just form that everyone can actually, uh, use forms to improve their productivity. So give it a try. You will love the product. And, uh, thank you, Nathan. Uh, it's a great show. I have listened to your other other episodes as well. I love your show. I'm, I'm one of your, uh, one of your listeners now, and I appreciate being on the show.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you so much, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to know that, I guess, founders that are playing a really big game as well, quite often, like yourself, listen to the show as well. So I really appreciate your time, Aitken, and it was a pleasure speaking with you, mate.
1: It was my pleasure.
0: Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business